You are listening to a Live City Church podcast, and we hope you'll experience Jesus today. We are excited to have you join our extended online church family. If you would like further information or wish to access more content, please connect with us on our Live City Church Facebook page or visit us at livecitychurch.com. morning I want to bring a word to you um, and if we could just bring up the picture on the screen there it is so the word for today is wanted not dead or alive but wanted dead and alive is it possible to be dead and alive at the same time well if you're a zombie it is But no, it is actually possible to be dead and alive at the same time. Because this morning we're going to be talking about the resurrection. There's a um, a, a little story that I want to share with you this morning about a a young man that comes to his boss. And he says, boss, you know, I've got some bad news. I have to take today off because my grandmother died yesterday. And the funeral's today. And I'm so sorry. I know we've got work on, but I've got to go to this funeral. And the boss is like, he's very caring. He says, that's fine. Condolences, man. Just go off. Forget about the work. Come back tomorrow. I'll see you tomorrow. The very next day, he's back. The young man's back. And he's having a coffee with his boss. And the boss is just sitting there thinking. He says, son, do you believe in the resurrection of the dead? And the man thinks about it and he says, yeah, I do. He says, well, that's interesting because your grandmother appeared yesterday to to come and visit you. (laughs) You know, if you Google the word resurrection, you will get pages and pages on Easter-related subjects. And it seems to me that we talk about the resurrection in the context of the risen king only around Easter time. But I want to say to you this morning that we have kind of boxed Easter resurrection into a time frame and on a particular subject. And I wonder if there's something that we fail to grasp about the resurrection that we lose because we have boxed it into that time frame. That the resurrection is not so much just about... Uh, well, let me just take a step back. I, I think we understand what the resurrection is. I think we have a very good concept of what it is. We know, and I'm going to paraphrase here, and I know you know this, but I just want to get it out there. We know that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came to earth, and he was put on a cross, and he died, but then he defeated death and was risen and was resurrected. And that in itself has paved the way for you and me. As we put our faith in Christ, we too, when we physically die, we can be resurrected into eternity with God. But I think we failed to grasp the, the, the central per- perspective of resurrection, that it's not just about physical death. I want you to know this morning that you don't need to wait for Easter for resurrection. In fact, you don't need to wait f- for Sunday services for resurrection. Let's t- open our Word of God so we can get started. I'm reading this morning from Romans 8, uh, 8 2 to. 11. And I got to say that this morning's word is a difficult word. It's a hard word. 
Uh, and normally at this point in time, I'd probably be apologizing and saying to you, I'm really sorry, but this is going to be a hard word. But I think it's time for us to stop, stop apologizing for the truth of God. I think it's time for us to grow up and to start listening to what God wants to say, even the hard things, even when there's a cost associated with it. So I'm going in this morning. I'm going in deep. Are you with me, church? All right, Romans 6, 2 to 11. Is everybody there? Romans 6, 2 to 11. <coughs> While you're getting there, I'm just going to put my timer on. Right, we're going. Let me read for you. How can we who died to sin live it any longer? Wow. Okay. Or aren't you aware that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We, therefore, were buried with him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may walk in newness in life. For if we've been united with him like this in death, we, also, we will certainly also be with him in resurrection. We know that our old self was crucified to him so that the body of sin might be rendered powerless, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. For anyone who has died has been freed from sin. Our brother John was talking about this this morning. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we also live with him. We know that, also, that, that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, you count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to Christ, in, to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal, mortal bodies that you may obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourself to God as those who have been brought from death to life. And offer every part of yourself to Him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall, shall no longer be your master, because you are not under the law, but you are under grace. You know, there's no doubt that the resurrection is the most central focal point and most important aspect of our faith. And I'll tell you why. Because the devil wants to tell you that the resurrection did not happen. And the reason why he wants to tell you that is because if he can convince anybody that the resurrection did not happen, then our faith is dead. It's the central thing because many people have died on crosses. They've even died on crosses for very good causes. They've died for other people. Just think about uh, the Japanese in the bombers when they, they would actually just commit suicide going into, into, into uh, ships. They were on a mission to die for a great cause, they thought. They put up their lives. Many of the soldiers would go out and they would put their lives at risk for a great cause. But only Jesus was resurrected, or only Jesus resurrected others. And it's the central thing, but it's not only the central thing for Jesus to be resurrected, it's the central thing for you living a, a Christian life. 
Because without the resurrection in your daily life, it's also a waste of time. You might as well pack it up and let's just go to a pub and drink and be merry and be happy for the days that we have left in our lives. But of course we know, not only because the Word of God tells us, but we know because the Spirit within us confirms with us that Jesus is alive. That I know that Jesus is alive because He lives in me. I know. He's, I've seen Him change me. Amen. I've seen Him change my life. And I can, I can stand to the ends of the earth and testify that Jesus is alive. Amen. But you know... As important as this resurrection is, isn't it always the most important things that we avoid at all costs? We seem to get caught up in the paraphernalia of life. We get caught up and we find the small things very important in life. And we deal with those issues, but we avoid the most important things. Can I get raw for a minute? There's a reason why we give up the most important things. It's because they're normally the hardest. See, some of us have been dealing with sin over and over and over again. You know, we, we're battling, we're trying, we're trying really hard, and we have these things in our lives, and, and, and there'll be many different types of things. It's not just one. Some, some people will, will have a fence that rises up all, wherever they go, you know, or they get defenses about things. Other people have lust issues. Other people have different issues in their lives. And it seems that it cannot be defeated because every single time we try and do something, it wins. There's no judgment here for me. I'm still learning. I'm still growing. God's not finished with me by a long shot. But I understand something because I've lived and experienced it and still experience it. And I can speak about it. And I've heard people talk about it. And so I know there's a reality that we find it very difficult to die to self. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? Yeah. And so we kind of left with this big problem, haven't we? The Word of God tells you, just die to self and be alive to Christ. And I'll tell you what, I, I, I don't like things that tell me what to do, but then they don't tell me how to do it. Because... Yeah, but this is the this is the reality of things. Like I I I have been on my knees and prayed, and God, I don't want to do this anymore. And I'm God, God, you got to stop it. I I I want to live for Christ. I don't want to do this anymore. But somehow the sin in me always wins. I try to put it to death, but it will not die. So what do we do? Because we know the Word of God tells us that it can be done. It tells us that you can put yourself to death and live for Christ. So this morning I want to give us a couple of, a couple of keys or principles that we can change so that we can begin to live and be alive for Christ. 
Is it possible to die to self? Yes. Why? Because Jesus died on the cross for us and was resurrected. Is it, is it easy? No. But it's also the reason why Jesus died on the cross and resurrected, was, was resurrected for us. So the first point I want to make this morning, and they're all about change. Actually, uh, let me just read this first before we go on. The Apostle spoke about the very same thing. He said, I do not understand what I do. For, for what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate to do, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it's no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is my sinful nature. For I have, have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but, I do, but, I, but the evil that I do not want to do, I keep on doing this. Now if I do what I do not want to do, it's no longer I who do it, but it's the sin, sin living in me that does it. So I find this new law at work. Although I, I want to do good, evil is right there with me. From my inner being, I, I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am. And who will rescue me from this body that's subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So the first change that I want us, uh, would like to suggest that we make is we need to change our identity. Verse 6 that we've just read says that we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be rendered powerless, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Do you know, a slave mentality is when you've been purchased at a price, but then you have to pay back that full price. It wants every inch of its money back from you. It wants everything. Sin is your master, and it will make you work day in and day out. It will not give you any forgiveness. It will not give you any grace. It will work you to your death. That is what it feels like to be a slave. And that's why, one of the reasons why we cannot def defeat the sin within us. Because if sin is a slave, if we are a slave to sin, then it is our master. You cannot defeat your master because he has authority over you and dominion over you. And until you change your identity and start saying, you are no longer my master, you no longer have authority over me, you will always never be able to defeat him. He will always reign over you. If you think for a moment about real slaves, you know, we, we think about the Negroes, which are most popular. We see them in movies like, movies like um, uh, 12 Years a, Tri a Slave, um, those kind of movies. We know for a fact that it was terrible being a slave, especially in those days. I mean, th they, were, they were just beaten up. They were um, tortured. They were worked to the bone from three in the morning to three the next morning. And, and they were fed very little. Their lives were terrible. But the biggest problem that they had, the biggest 
harshest thing that they had was that they were not free. They, you know, in life, we can, we can endure things if we know there's a time frame. You know, there's, if, when there's a time frame, it's always easy to endure it. And praise God that there's always time frames in our lives. You know, you get a sore tooth and you can endure it because you know that eventually it's going to stop. But when, but when it never stops, when, when every single day is just repeating itself and there's no way out, it kills the mind. And it's the same with us in the slave mentality when we're slaves to sin. We become so beaten down by it. And even when we pray, and we go to God and say, God... You know, those slaves, I'm sure they were praying. They were praying. Most of them were Christians, Negroes. They were strong Christians because that was the only thing that they could hold on to. But they were praying, God, change my master's heart or even kill him. Just get rid of him. But even if that happened, even if the master did die, then the son would inherit you or the wife would inherit you. And even if the relative wasn't there to inherit you, you still were a slave and somebody else would sell you off to some other family. There was no way out. And there was only one thing that could change a slave's life from, from being in that state to a state of freedom. And that was the change of the law. It would take a change of law in the country to stop somebody from being a slave. Is anybody picking up what I'm putting down right now? What did Jesus do? He changed the law too. He changed the law. He took the law and he made it grace. He said, no longer will you follow the law that's written on these, uh, the Ten Commandments that are written on, these, on the stone. I'm going to take the law and I'm going to put it on your heart. And so God has provided a way for us to change our identity because the law has changed. We don't have to stay in this place. It's like, it's like being in prison for your whole life. And then one day the prison doors just open. But we stay in the prison. <coughs> you see, the problem of being a slave your whole life is that you begin to believe that that's all you are. Your mind gets conformed to what the world is telling you, that you are no better than that, that you are just a slave. And so you get so used to it that this becomes, this place becomes, this prison becomes your security. And even though the, the prison walls, the doors are open, you're too scared to go out because you don't know what's out there and you know what's in here and it's terrible. What did the Israelites do? They were in slavery in Egypt. And they cried to God and they wailed to God. And so God brought uh, somebody to set them free through Moses. But the first time as they went out and they got a few bumps and bruises from being in freedom, what did they want to do? Go back to be slaves. 
because at least we know what being a slave is like. I don't like the fact that I don't know where I'm going. I don't like the fact that I'm suddenly under somebody else's control. I want to just go back and be a slave. Do you know that in the prisons in Australia, over 50% of prisoners within two years are back in prison once they're released? Isn't it a fact of life than women that are abused in relationships, whether it's vocally or whether it's uh, physically, remain in the relationships? Do you know why they do that? It's because they've been told their whole relationship that they are no good and that they need the master to control them. And so they've believed the lie and they've begun to... I mean, some, some women, even when the police come around, will, 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 will try and tell the police that it's not his fault. It's my fault. I made him do it to me. It's, it messes your brain up. And you become so dependent on be a, being a slave to sin. We have to change the identity of who we are. Christ has made a new path for you. Christ has opened the doors for you. And he's saying if you just step outside, it's going to make a big difference in your life. You are suddenly stepping outside of, of the place where the master has control of you into a place where a new master has control of you. You are moving from a slave to sin to a slave to righteousness, from a slave to death to a slave to alive with Christ. Change your identity. The next change we need to make is we need to change the cost. Luke 14, 27 says, And whoever does not carry his cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. I told you there's some, some hard scriptures here this morning. In fact, uh, Romans itself is a really hard book because, um, you know, the Apostle Paul goes through, through you know, really hard detail trying to convince people who are caught up in the law what grace is all about and how that affects sin etc etc the message says it this way simply put if you're not willing to take what it's dearest to you whether plans or properties or material things or even people and kiss it goodbye you can't be my disciple in other words what jesus is saying we need to count the cost of following Jesus. But you see, as Christians, we become very, very good at not counting the cost, avoiding the cost, and still being Christians. But then we live ineffective Christian lives. Because the very first time that you hit a bump in your Christian walk and you haven't counted the cost of it, all of a sudden, you're like, oh, this church is terrible, and I don't want to go back to this church, and those people are awful, and, and this is all God's fault. See, this scripture, I've always seen it in one way. I, I, I kind of saw it in the way that Jesus is standing kind of at a gate, and he's saying, you haven't died for yourself. You can't follow me. Go that way. You have. You can follow me. And it's almost like it's black and white. But I realized as I was praying and reading the scripture, that's not what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying that if you don't count the cost 
of walking where I walk, you basically will not make it. You can try, but you're not going to make it. And when you count the cost of something, you actually have a look at the whole thing. You look at it and you, and you, and you basically are accepting the consequences of something that you're about to do. All right? In other words, what you're doing is you're pre-planning, you're preparing ahead your mind for something, and you say, this is what it's going to cost me, and so this is how I'm going I'm, I'm to go forward. I'm, you make a choice. If once you've looked at the costs, you can make a choice. Yes, I'm going to follow Jesus, or, or no, I can't. This is too hard. But don't try and follow him without making, making a choice on the costs, because you're going to fail. Jesus said, why would, why would you try and build a watchtower when you haven't counted the cost and you get halfway and you've run out of money and now you're an embarrassment to everybody and laughing, everybody's laughing at you because you only got halfway? Or why would, you, why would you try and take on an enemy who's got 20,000 people and you've only got 10, but you don't even count the cost, you don't even look at it, you just go, yeah, God's with us and we go. And you get slaughtered. Rather count the cost and work it out. We, we can't do this. The cost is too great. Let's go and have, make a peace treaty with them. Just, just the other day, I made, I made one of these problems where I didn't, I didn't count the cost. And just to give you an illustration, we had to spend a bit of money on something. I, it doesn't matter what it is for now. But we had to spend a bit of money on something, and we knew we had to do it. But I kind of avoided counting the cost in it. I, I, I avoided because I didn't want to know. I didn't want to know that how much it was going to cost me. So we avoid how much it's going to cost us as Jesus. And we just, we just step into it. We just walk. And so, so when it, the time came to actually go and purchase the things and how much they cost, they actually cost, it was like always a shock because things always cost more than you think. Right? It was like, oh, you know, is it really going to be that much? And, and then, then we had to go and get the next thing. Oh, is it going to be that much? And, and, like, and, and, and it, it made a bit of spirit in me. But this whole thing was supposed to be a joy. We were giving something to somebody and it was supposed to be a joy. But because I didn't stop and count the cost and say, yeah, we can afford this. And then when, you, when you've counted and prepared and you can just go and buy it and say, yeah, that's awesome. But if you don't count the cost, it's going to make your life miserable. You're going to fail when you're trying to die to self because you haven't counted what the cost is to die to self. I know preachers always say, you know, why are you so quiet? Is this okay? <laughs> well, is it okay? <laughs> Good. Good. So are you willing to lose everything you have for Christ? It's not that he's going to take it. But it's whether your heart wants to give it, if he does ask for it. The third change that we need to make is change your focus. Change your vision. You know, your, your focus or your vision in life will always determine the outworking or the final outplay of your life. It's going to determine what you do in your life, and it's also going to determine how you finish up. 
You know, for instance, if you, you know, when we, uh, we, we, when we grow up, we, we have to do things that are compulsory of our lives, like go to school or whatever. But then we get to the point where we're old enough, we finish school, and now it's our turn to make a choice about what's going to happen in our lives. And we start making choices about what we're going to be. And let's just say, for instance, if you choose to be a doctor, well, if that's your focus in life, you will probably find more than likely that everything in your life is going to resolve, revolve around the choice that you made. Because you're going to be studying and then you're going to be doing the work, which is most of the time of lives. And so your life aspect, when you look back at your life, it's all going to all be about the focus that you chose. And it doesn't matter what that choice is, you know, you know it, even, if you, even if you decided to climb, uh, to climb you know, Mount Everest, and that's your focus, well then everything is going to be about preparing for that and the walk and the testimonies of your life is all going to be around about that. You see, if, if your focus in life, because the thing, is, the thing is, like I said, we all want to die to self. We all realize that conscious tells us we don't want to fail, we want to live for Christ. But if your focus is dying to self, you will never get to be alive for Christ because your focus should be being alive with Christ. And the dying to self part will happen as you are focusing on being alive to Christ. Because I want to be alive to Christ. I want to be somebody that doesn't moan about the cost. I want to be somebody that's generous in my heart. I want to be somebody who's kind. I want to have the Holy Spirit with me. I want to have testimony. I want to have prophecy. I want to have all the good things that Christ has to offer me. And that should be our focus. The one and only focus in our lives. And when you make that your focus, that's where you will end. The Apostle Paul said to die is to gain and to live as Christ. What's he mean? He means I don't care if I'm alive or dead because both ways I'm with Christ. It's my focus. And so if you look at the Apostle Paul's life from the time that he, he turned from being against God to with God, his whole walk was all about Christ. And yes, he did other things. He made tens. He went at eight. He had friends. But it's nowhere in the picture because of his picture and his clear focus is being alive to Christ. So we need to change our vision. The ultimate vision that we have, you know, we have every company or every church has vision statements. But the greatest vision is Jesus Christ. Nothing else. To be and to know, to be with and to know Jesus Christ. Can we have the worship team come up, please? I just want to leave you this morning with two little things. I love this little story. Um, a church puts up a sign. The sign says, we need to help the poor. We need to give something for the poor because they're battling. And so a chicken and a pig are walking along the road. And they see the sign. And they begin to read the sign. And say, whoa, we've got to help. We've got to help the poor. So the chicken says to the, the pig, what can we do to help the poor? And the pig's not that bright. So he says, I don't know, what do you think? So the chicken says, I've got it, I've got it, I've got it. 
What can we give from ourselves that we can help the poor with? Let's give them egg and bacon. <coughs> and the pig goes, whoa, what a great idea. And then he suddenly stops. He says, uh, I don't know if I like this idea. You've just got to give a contribution, but I've got to give a full commitment of my life. See, the disciples, before they met Jesus Christ, they were fishermen. That was their identity. Their focus was, let's get great big catch of fish every single day. That was their focus in life, to bring the fish in. And they didn't have much of a cost to their lives. Yeah, the Romans were around running things, but if you were out of the way of the Romans and you didn't cause trouble, there was not much of a cost. But then Jesus walks onto the beach one day and he says, follow me. And what happens? Their focus is different. Now they're followers of Christ. They want to be alive to Christ. Their identity changes. They were fishers of, fishers of fish and now they're fishers of men. And suddenly they have a cost to bear. And every single disciple, as we know, ended up dying for Christ. And I want to say to you this morning that we are not nearly in a place where Christ is asking you for you to give up your life completely physically. And even as the Apostle Paul said, that's not probably not a bad idea because you'll be with Christ anyway. But the cost is not that great. But he's asking you, it's time for you to start to count the cost to change your focus and to change your identity in Christ so that we can become overcomers, that we can overcome the, the things that battle us because when we are completely defeated and we have a, a slave mentality or lives, it affects our lives, it affects our focus and affects our identity. Thank you for joining Life City Church and we hope that you were blessed and inspired by today's message. If this ministry has made an impact on your life, We'd love to hear from you. Please drop us a line and share your story at thanks at livecitychurch.com or email us your prayer needs at prayer at livecitychurch.com. We'd love to connect with you and hear more about your story. If you love the ministry of Live City Church, you can make a financial gift to help us spread the good news of Jesus by going to livecitychurch.com and clicking the giving tab. We hope today's message has spoken into your life and look forward to your next visit.